This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. Officially, I've become the Always Cheating Rural America correspondent. Um, my wife and I are in the process <laughs> yep. of moving out of the city. So um, having fun, taking care of, uh, of a new yard and doing all sorts of domestic stuff. And in the wake of Game Week 30, which we have a couple matches yet to go, um, is it Game Week 30 or Game Week 31 that we're in the midst of? In the wake of... <laughs> 31. In the wake yeah, of you're these... You're going to have ma- to cut... Everyone's going to have to cut Brandon a little bit of slack. The The week that you move is a, is a very stressful week. <laughs> you had a, you had that <laughs> season totally where... Connected. You, you had that season where you got to blame the fact that you had a baby, and now my version of having a baby is uh, is moving. So, um, yeah, in in the wake right, of, right. of these Game Week 31 fixtures, I think it's, it's good for me to focus just on raking leaves as opposed to uh, captain fails. <laughs> So game week 31, it's, I guess it's eight tenths in the books. It feels like the, uh, the most significant stuff is still in the books. I think we both have one player to go tomorrow. You have Dean, I have Veltman. Uh, so we have a little defensive battle happening tomorrow <laughs> Yeah, and it's been a weird one. And you know, the theme of this week's podcast, I mean, so, you know, I mean, just a weird one in general, because I, you know, lucked my way into 17 points from Dallas off the bench and then Nick Pope didn't play. And so I got four from Martinez off the bench, which I suppose kind of felt like a win unless you think that Pope was going to help keep a clean sheet. Right. I mean that, you know, that he was easy nine pointer for Pope if he plays. Yeah. Easy (laughs) nine pointer. (laughs) So, you know, as a 21 points off the bench and, but other than that, I mean, you know, I had a terrible game week, just terrible. I mean, I, I had Lingard. Okay, so Lingard kind of saved things a little bit. But, you know, I went Vardy over Ianacho. I decided to take a minus four. I got totally Twittered. And, like, and I don't, I'm not blaming anyone on Twitter. I just got in my head yeah. about not having any Liverpool coverage. And I kind of, like, panicked on Friday and ended up burning four to bring in Jota. Like, and, I, you know, I hate to even say coverage because I, I sort of, like, don't believe in that as an idea. But that's kind of what yeah. my thinking was. And so I ended up 
bringing in Jota and benching Watkins. And, you know, I mean, in another day, Jota scores a goal and Watkins blanks, right? But yeah. as, as it was, uh, Watkins gets eight points, Jota gets two. So it ended up being a net minus 10, uh, that, that move. And, you know, going Ianacho over Vardy, um, that cost me, I mean, going Vardy over Ianacho cost me 11. And, you know, so it was a weird week where I got this massive, like luck box haul off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm actually feeling kind of like I just like it was just like one of those weeks where, you know, and it's and obviously it's amplified having this podcast. I mean, our podcast is not, I don't think people come to it necessarily expecting this is not a hardcore strategy podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, like we we, you know, like you know, we we sort of try to we try to, you know, make fantasy fun again, right? That's our yeah. model. Like we it's we, a we mood. Talk about the week, always cheating is a vibe. It's exactly. We talk about strategy, but you know, but we're also like, if we were just, if we just came on here, we were wrong every week. That would not, that would not be a fun thing to do. Right. Like you wouldn't listen to a, you wouldn't listen to a podcast that was just wrong for 200 weeks in a row. Right. (laughs) Right. So I I think more often than not, we do get it right. But this last week I I just, you know, I wasn't uh, enthusiastic about wildcard in game week one. Um, I wasn't enthusiastic about Ianacho as a long-term option. Uh, I didn't think it was worthwhile to, to burn points to bring in Mo Salah. Um, I captain Harry Kane, you know, it was just like one of those, like an only Stuart Dallas is keeping, <laughs> is keeping this yeah. week from, from being like a, a disaster really. And so, yeah. um, yeah, just, just kind of a strange one. And so, um, yeah, how are you doing this week? Well, I'm not, I haven't had that luck box box moment like you had. I'm sitting on 40 points and I moved Rafinha to Jota. So that was a total wash, two points for two points. I buried Dallas behind Matt Target on my bench. So Diaz doesn't play, so I get Target's zero points coming on. So I will not be able to retrieve Stuart Dallas, Dallas's points unless Lucas Dean doesn't play for some odd reason. The defense right. is just a, right. a total mess for me. Mendy and goal with two points. Aaron Cresswell brought him in a couple of weeks ago, and he's just been awful for my fantasy team. Uh, zero points from him. Lingard, yeah. yes. Watkins, yes. These are two good things that happened to me, for, to me this week. Uh, and then Harry Kane with the armband captaincy fail. So uh, it, that's a bad game week in my mind. However, my rank is so far only a 2,000 position red arrow. So it could have been a lot worse. And I think after Lucas Dean plays in that Brighton fixture, I'll probably be at a gray dot. I probably just will have not had any action in game week 31. So I'm I'm not terribly frustrated with it. It's just sort of like another game week kind of slips through my fingers as an opportunity to climb rank, but we'll go again in game week 32. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling that different. I mean, I I was at 6,700, uh, overall my highest point of the season and now I'm at 7,300, right? Mm -hmm. So if I were able Mm -hmm. to get anything from Beltman tomorrow, I'm probably in that exact same spot of being sort of on a gray hour for the week. I think it's just, and this is kind of why I wanted the opening thing to be about being wrong, because it's like, I think if you've been playing long enough, like I, I'm not super results. I, I try not to be super results oriented, you know, but it's like, a, it's like, it's a little like panic inducing for me <laughs> when like, I feel like I got in, I've gotten every pick and every decision like yeah. wrong for a game week, you know? And I think the question that, and I'm sure a lot of people have, have had game weeks like this and I, I know a lot of people did wild card and did it very successfully. And so, you know, congrats to you. I mean, if you brought in the Ianacho and you captain Sala and, 
Um, Trent. And obviously, I think a lot of people, yeah, and Trent too, right? I mean, that, a lot yeah. of people in, in a lot of our mini leagues did exactly that. And, you know, yeah, maybe you got hit on Chelsea, maybe you brought in Raheem Sterling, but in general, it was, um, you know, really successful, those moves. Um, but I think, you know, but, but even those people who've done well certainly understand that feeling when you're like, wait, do I even know what the story of the season is? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's yeah. like, you sort of, you, you just like next you back. And then the question then becomes, um, like, I find it to be like a little bit of like, um, like it, like. I find it's like, it's one of those things where I can, I can overreact to it sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, for me, like, for example, there's a question here and I'm just going to pull it up. Cause I think it's, it's relevant. Um, our producer Shiv says, um, you know, Josh, what are you going to do with Vardy? Do you sell for any outro or hold one more week before wildcarding the Nacho man in? I mean, like, it's like, you know, when you get like, I mean, Vardy looked like, I mean, he was getting hit on the back with with passes like that's how you know totally like washed <laughs> yeah, he looked so in this over match, the hill. Right? yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's, it was it's... really sad to watch and his haircut's too short now and it looks weird it looks like um it's like a weird pandemic haircut or something i don't know it's like he <laughs> like he's the look... star of alien three perhaps he's on that prisoner space colony yeah he looks like like yeah like was it riley not riley what's what's the woman's ripley name from, uh... Ripley. Ripley. Thank you. Yeah. He's got like a Ripley thing going on. It doesn't work for him. I don't think <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah, I mean, now I'm like, God, like, of course I'm not going to move Vardy before a West Brom match. Right. Like you can't do that, that no. kind of move. But now I'm like, do I double up any Nacho? I mean, he looked really good in the match. And so, yeah. um, you know, and so, or, or do I bring in Mosala? you know? And so I think like, it's a really tricky thing to, to recognize like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, sometimes you can just, like, you don't want to get stuck arguing a position that you don't totally believe in, right? This is what <laughs> happened to me earlier today when I made the, the very unbelievable mistake. I will never do this again okay. of, of getting in the crosshairs of uh, Newcastle Twitter, right? Like nothing, nothing makes Newcastle supporters angrier than winning a match, right? They were so mad this morning. Yeah, and, they're out, you know, they're out in the I street that, punching horses, Josh. That's how frustrated <laughs> they were with this win. <laughs> Yeah, I said that I thought Steve Bruce didn't get enough credit uh, for taking a team that's like been injured the entire season and has like everyone got COVID and, you know, it was just like, I don't know. And like, I mean, they like, I don't know, like, I feel like he's actually done like a reasonably good job and people were so, so mad at me. It was like, I actually had to delete the tweets because I I could not (laughs) deal with the heat that was coming my way for saying that Steve Bruce wasn't that bad. This is a take that really benefits no one, Josh. Like I applaud, I applaud you putting your, yourself out there in front of Newcastle fans, but yeah. nobody wants to hear a Steve Bruce take. Steve Bruce hasn't accomplished anything in his life apart from playing for Manchester United. His managerial career is, you know, his crowning achievements are what getting Hull City promoted or something like that. So, I, 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 I'm not going to back you up on this take. Right? No, 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 no. Here's the, but the, the, the point is, it wasn't like I sat down at a computer and was like, okay, I'm going to like throw a spicy hot take out there and get everyone mad at me. Yeah, you're just trying to drive traffic, buddy. Well, it's just like, you know, it's like I was thinking about them, like, you know, snatching a point at home to Spurs. I was thinking about them having this this comeback win. And I was like, you know, like, they're actually, like, it's kind of impressive that they're like, I don't think they've even been in the relegation spots the entire season. And I was just like, well, like, I guess he's done maybe a better. You know, it wasn't like I had, I didn't think about how angry people would be by this, by this take, you know? Yeah. So I, I, now I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like, like, a, 
<laughs> I'm just using the podcast now to just continue waging war with Newcastle supporters. So I should just stop right now because I don't really mean it. It's not like I think New- Steve Bruce is this great job, but I just think he's kind of a big boy. He's got a big old, you know, busted <laughs> nose. I just think he's a really easy target. And yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I think there are a lot of managers out there. Like, I mean, like Roy Hodgson, for some reason, never gets any, like, no one has ever said a bad thing about him. And I think it's because he's got this kind of, he's just like more relaxed. Right. And, you know, yeah. he doesn't look. Well, he's a little more, you know, he's a little more put together. Everything you said about Bruce's physical appearance is obviously true. The thing that has actually been driving me crazy about his appearance this season is he like it's it's Arsene Wenger light where he can't stop fiddling with the zipper on his jacket. And you used to do this in the 80s. I'm a child of the 80s. (laughs) And you used to like the zip. You'd ride that zipper a little too low on the jacket. And mm-hmm. it's like he's trying to conceal yep. his gut by where how low his zipper is. And it's just, it's weird. And I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not like, that, that, okay, so this is my point that to, to bring it all back around. Like, listen, I was probably wrong about Steve Bruce. Okay. I don't want to argue about it. I just want to move past it. Okay. <laughs> I, I was, I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, or I don't know, like, I just want to move past it re- regardless. Right. Okay. And I was wrong about the virtues of a game of 31 wildcard, right? It, it clearly was the right decision. And now as somebody who still has a wildcard, as do you, yeah. I think the question is, uh, you know, like, do, do I like panic over correct? Like, do I wildcard? <laughs> what right are the now? virtues of a game week 32 <laughs> wildcard? Yeah. Or 33. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think, you know, I, I got just lucky enough with, with this, with these, I mean, that, I mean, Stuart Dallas, by the way, uh, what a hero, right? I mean, you know, I, I know you must be enraged that he's in the final spot, but like, uh, incredible Very much so. he scored two goals. Who could have predicted? Who could have predicted? Exactly. That's all I, that's all I mean. And so, um, you know, I mean, he's always, I always think he's worth like, that's why I don't want to drop him on a wild card. Cause he's just, his attacking threat is so, you know, like I, you know, I was just thinking about him scoring that leading into this game week, I was thinking about him scoring that goal at Man United, right? At Old Trafford, where he just kind of against the run of play was like, eh, I'm just going to go rip this, you know, in the top sure. corner. Um, but anyway, you know, I think because of that, I'm like, I'm holding ground. And so it's a little easier for me to stay steady. But I mean, in your spot right now, Brian, has anything, because you and I, and I'm, I'm sort of putting myself out here. And if you want to mm-hmm. you know, take some of this wrongness and, and wear it as well, feel free. <laughs> if not, just throw it right back at me. But, you know, are you, are you like thinking about, um, has this changed your wildcard strategy at all? Yeah, it's a great question. I think if I've gotten anything wrong in recent weeks, it's just I've just been too slow to act. And it's that was one of my goals at the start of the season was to be more proactive. And, you know, we, we talked about it the last couple of weeks about how Trent was kind of emerging after he didn't get the England call up. Um, right. I really was convinced that Liverpool had more to offer down the home stretch, which augured for Mo Salah on a wild card. Lacazette right. was one of my uh, differential forwards that I was interested in coming into this final stretch. And here he is with the brace. And I think get, the, the thing that troubles me about getting things wrong, just to stick with the theme, is it 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 messes with your confidence. And Right. I think when you're having and and you've you've had a really charmed season, I think, Josh, and where that helps you generally is it gives you the confidence to make you, you, you're kind of like running on this smooth track and you're you can yep. genuinely make better decisions because of it. And when you're getting things wrong, it makes it harder to 
to make those transfers with that confidence. And you kind of don't know whether to stick or twist. You don't know whether you want to protect rank because you have no mm-hmm. confidence or you need to make some wild swings to counteract the wrong decisions that you made before. Right. So looking ahead to what I might do with my wild card and, and how I might've gotten things wrong now, it's just like, what can I genuinely um, learn from what I was thinking two weeks ago and actually have the motivation to apply it to a wild card. I definitely right. don't think I'm going to be wild. I, I can tell you right now, I'm not wild carding in game week 32 game week 33 yeah. is very much in play. And I'd say quite likely. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question would be, is there, I guess the advantage of not wild carding in 32 and waiting until 33 is, is are the blanks, right? So yeah. you wouldn't want to have like, if you game with, if you wild card in game week 32, it'd be very tempting to have um, like a, I don't know, like who would you, who would you have in 32 that you wouldn't that, like, I mean, I guess you obviously hit the Spurs, right? They play twice. Um, is there anybody else? I mean, Man City, you'd, you'd want, probably want to have two or three Man City players. I think it's um, Liverpool. It's, yeah. it's Liverpool attack. So right. I think if you feel like your run in is going to hinge on Trent and Mo, then mm-hmm. maybe you can convince yourself to pull the trigger ahead of that Leeds match. And right. I think it's like a one, another thing about getting things wrong is you have to remind yourself of, this is this is why we love football. This is why the commentators tell you that the Premier League is the greatest league in the world is because you get these fluky results. I don't think based on that City Leeds match that suddenly we have to upend how we view City, yeah, how I we mean, how Pep, we view Pep Leeds. Didn't play with a, Pep didn't play with a creative <laughs> midfielder, right? Yeah. Like 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 yeah, it was like he played with five defenders and yeah. and I guess Bernardo Silva was like the one. I guess he had Gabriel Jesus sending balls in to nobody. Like I feel like that happened a lot. <laughs> Super. Jesus That's up exactly on the left. what you want. Yeah, he was so. up. On, I mean, even like with that that um the uh, the red card, like he was. I don't know where he was. He was like way up on the pitch. Like you know, it was a, it, you know, he wasn't like he yeah. was anywhere near the the. Um, you know, the 18 yard box. So. I think that's what Pep loves yeah. about Jesus is that he can tell Jesus, just go out there and press everybody yeah. <laughs> all the totally. time. You do not need to yeah. score goals. You do not need to assist goals. Just go press every yeah. defender. It's a total Firmino move. I, I think it's, I think it's working. I, I wonder how it would work actually if they had a, a proper forward. I mean, somebody, if even, you know, even if Raheem Sterling were able to convert his chances, I feel like mm-hmm. the Jesus thing would, would make more sense. I mean, you know, I mean, Sterling is, um, yeah, that was grim, right? I mean, it's like, he just, he just there's like a, a whole squad of people. We could like do this for like an uh, upcoming pot or something, but like the, like better luck next season, all-stars, right. Yeah. Where it'd be, uh, Raheem Sterling and Sadio yeah. Mane leading the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe Trent, uh, as your, as your right back, although he's been a little better <laughs> recently. Yeah. Maybe uh, Paul Pogba you know, gets in there. Paul Pogba gets in there. I think we got to throw Van Dyke in there, um, yeah. you know, fairly or not. Yeah. Allison. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to pull up this thread a little bit more because I, I just, I want your input. I, I want a little uh, help. So I don't, I, I don't plan to wild card in 32 as we were discussing. 33, you've got these pesky blanks where City and Spurs in particular are blanking. And I'm trying to right. weigh the pros of, uh, wild carding in game week 33 versus 34 and and you know the, the, this yeah, this, mean, this popular um word that we've 
everyone started using a dead ending, like dead ending your team into these blanks right. in 33 and then wild carding at 34. Well, I just wonder if you could actually really consider a 32 wild card. I mean, you know, looking ahead, I mean, okay, the teams that don't play in 33, you've got Fulham, you don't want anybody from there, right? You've got no. uh, Man City, you want two or three players from City. Um, Spurs, you'd want three for 32. Well, actually, no, only two, right? So, I mean, I think the thing is, like, a lot of us were thinking we would want three Spurs, and now I'm like, geez, like, <laughs> who would the third even be? I don't even want two, right? Yeah. You know, and so it's like this weird this weird thing. And, and then, you know, Southampton, I don't really think you need to worry about, about them either. So if you look at it that way, then you're like, okay, if I had, you know, let's say you had maybe one of the, one of the men, let's say you had three Man City players and one of them was Ederson, right? Then mm-hmm. you could just store three Man City players and Harry Kane on your bench for game week 33. And you could go ahead and just wild card into a team in game week 32. And that would give you an opportunity to have Chelsea, right? Before they play Brighton at home, mm-hmm. um, an opportunity to have, you know, I don't know, like Leicester, right? You get three Leicester, um, you know, before they play West Brom and Palace. Um, you could get, you know, Man United, who play Burnley and Leeds in the next two. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm not like, um, I, I actually, just, I just think it's like one of those things that, like, it, it make in in theory, you think, okay, I want like 33 makes sense, or maybe 34, but you know, if the kind of players that you want are players that have good fixtures in 32, then you may seriously want to consider just doing it right now. Yeah, it's like it, Lacazette is what my brain is wrapped around right now. And I think Lacazette is emblematic of this season for me, where every pick that you identify, it seems to all come down to which do you get them on the right week or the wrong week? And I'm terrified of that. Mm-hmm. Jesse Lingard seems yeah. to be the only exception at this point where it doesn't right. matter. Like he is, he is doing <laughs> yeah. the Aaron Ramsey purple patch um, FPL yeah. thing. And it's fantastic. Um, so I think, I think us talking through our game week 32 preview and the questions that we have coming up are probably going to help give me a better sense of you know, what I actually want my team to look like in the coming weeks. All right. Well, on that note, then let's let's get into let's take, we'll take a break in a second here and get into our our game week thirty two discussion. Oh, clearly, we've already begun it a little bit, um, but I, I did want to say a quick thank you to our newest producer patron. Thank you to AJ. Uh, AJ jumped right in on Slack, and he and I were were discussing his wild card team, going back and forth a little bit. Um, and uh, new Lord Soloff patron as well. Thank- we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Thank you to Daniel Brubaker. So as a reminder, we're doing extra podcasts each week during the regular season. We have our week in review newsletter. You can talk strategy with us in the Slack or our you know, very intelligent uh, Slack community, hundreds of people talking all the live long day about fantasy yeah. and, and lots of other stuff. So uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do that. And uh, yeah, any support is very, very much appreciated. So uh, yeah, you know, I think that's, that, that's really, you know, it's, it's, it makes, you know, we hope that, that supporting us on, on, you know, that supporting us on Patreon makes you better at fantasy, but uh, we also, and then it's fun, uh, but it's also <laughs> a way to say thank you to uh, me and Brandon for recording the pod each week. I'll tell you one thing, too, about the Slack that I've been enjoying this weekend is the live match experience and people in that live thread talking about what's going on as somebody who has been in the yard and um, <laughs> kind of half paying attention to what's been going on in the matches. Right. That's right. been hugely helpful to get kind of uh, color in what's going on on the pitch when you actually can't watch the matches. Yeah, I I, I find it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I did watch. I watched, yeah, too much football this weekend, Brandon. But yeah, it was an, it was a nice. It, it's always it's always nice to have that that running match commentary going. So patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash cheating. That's BetterHelp and join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash cheating. All right, we're back. Game week 32 kicks off on Friday. A very strange game week, the way <laughs> the way it's structured. It's, you know, it's sort of built around the uh, the FA Cup matches, right? We have the uh, FA Cup semifinals. Um is there one on Saturday, one on Sunday? I can't remember how they've how they've spread them out this this this, this second weekend. But I'll look them up while you vamp, Josh. Okay, that sounds good. So as a result of that, you have a very uh, sort of a very you know typical of the season, a very stretched out game week. This is the kind of thing that would happen like once every two years, and now now it's happening like just in like any any old game week. So it's so it's a it's a micro double game week, right? So there is only a single extra match um, being played this game week, and that is. 
Spurs, even more marker than usual because it's only one team playing twice. So uh, matches kick off this Friday with Everton playing Spurs and Spurs. Uh, then the Spurs play twice. They play again on uh, Wednesday at home to Southampton. So the game kicks off on Friday and it concludes on Thursday with Leicester hosting West Brom. Was that enough vamping, Brandon? Did you find out the uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I've got the semifinal lineups here. Chelsea hosts Manchester City on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Leicester hosts Southampton. That's your FA Cup semifinal matches. Okay, yeah. So Leicester-Southampton, that's really interesting. Uh, that's a big match for those two squads. Oh, yeah. To go to a final for either of those clubs, are, it's a big it's deal huge. for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then Lester, yeah, Lester lost today. To, I feel like all that David Moyes should be doing by the way, in uh, in training is like teaching his squad how to defend three nil leads because whatever, <laughs> whatever they're doing, it's not working. Right. They have, they have, yeah. they've had three nil leads in the last three matches. One time they drew and the other two, they held on for dear life, uh, down yeah. the stretch. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going so well. And then they got three nil and they kind of, I don't know if they like, you know, just switch off the, um, you know, they switch off a little bit or, or what, but it's our, they lose their energy or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now we have this Cresswell situation. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I don't think there's any, um, it's been revealed yet. So um, that yeah. actually has a pretty big, it's a hamstring injury. Oh, that's the worst. So <laughs> probably won't be playing this weekend, which directly screws up my, uh, my transfer strategy for this week. I, I guess I'm going to bring in a Leicester defender now. Ugh, oh I, really? I, I'm not looking forward to that. I have to say, I don't know why. Talk I'm to me about it, that a little bit. I don't more. know. I mean, it's just like, is their defense good? I mean, they conceded three goals today pretty easily. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess Sonyochu might be back from from COVID after a while. I mean, like they're kind of expensive and they don't keep a lot of clean sheets. So that, that would be my, yeah. my concern. No. I, I think just the, the prospect of a West Brom match is not a reason to bring in a Leicester defender. I believe I was making the case for Johnny Evans last week. I'm totally backtracking on that. I don't think that's the way to be. Um, no, you, yeah. you can find something better to do with your money, Josh. Yeah. I mean, maybe a Chelsea defender, I guess. I mean, which one, I guess you just bring in, you just bring in Rudiger, right? I yeah. guess he's the yeah. he's the option. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So, so God, if I just bring in Rudiger, that just seems so boring in a double game week. But maybe that's maybe that's what has to be done. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I feel like yeah, you and I both dodge bolts. Oh, actually, no, you have not dodged bolts. You've had Mendy the last two weeks. <laughs> um, God, Benteke is just the. When did he like get like a little bit good again? It's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's the broken clock is right twice a day sort of theory, I think. And Benteke has been so bad for so long. He was bound to just hit a few goals in at some point. And it's, it's going back to Roy yeah, Hodgson, like you were talking about yeah. uh, earlier, uh, Josh. It's, it's all down to Roy. What a brilliant man manager he is. I suppose so. Um, yeah, I'm just looking... It looks like he's scored a bunch of goals in losing matches. So <laughs> congrats to him. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just kind of interesting. Um, like, yeah, I think that I, I believe that Crystal Palace are going to have a double now at some point. Um, so Brian, yeah. are you, maybe you hold off on the wild card so you can double up on Benteke. <laughs> I mean, Benteke. Yeah. Benteke, Benteke Van Anholt. I want yeah. I want and Mark James MacArthur. If I can squeeze him in somehow, that yeah. sounds great. You want it all in. Yeah. So it's, you know, let's get into 32 talk here then a little bit. So Spurs, um, can we find a third Spurs player that we want? Right. I mean, we can sort of 
Kane and Son are a given. I think that Son, I know that there's some argument whether you even need Son. I feel like Son is is a you know a, an explosive enough fantasy asset that you know that when when he plays twice, I just feel like there's um so his ownership is also gonna be crazy high, right? So um yeah. if Son if Son does anything over the next game week, then you're you're really in massive trouble as far as your your rank goes. Even in your mini leagues, I'm sure it's gonna be you know real trouble. So is there anyone besides those two that you would consider for you know from Spurs? Maybe Lucas Mora. It seems that Lucas Mora had, does have the trust of Mourinho. And eh, it's so funny talking about his teams. It, it, it Sometimes it's not down to their form or anything. It's just like Mourinho being as petty as he is. Does Mourinho like this player yeah. enough to start him in two matches? Yeah, Lucas Mora, he's priced at 6.6. It feels very punty. And I think the reason why I'm more attracted to Lucas Mora than... A defender, for example, uh, is is that their defense has kind of been terrible. So, I um, put it, putting it that way, I feel like I'd only be into making the Mora punt if I was committed to wild carding in game week thirty three or thirty four. Because, yeah, I think I agree with the general yeah. sentiment around Spurs coming out of this weekend of just like, ugh, why why have we spent so much time thinking about this team? Um, I, I don't want to be tripled up on Spurs for more than one week, two weeks max. Yeah, I mean, I may end up go re- going with Reggion now just because I, I may need to replace Cresswell. Um, it's kind of a tricky game week for for cheap defenders um, because um, you have uh, Brighton away at Chelsea and Dallas hosting, you know, <laughs> Dallas Leeds, but you know, Stewart Dallas's Leeds <laughs> hosting Liverpool. Uh, and you have Aston Villa hosting, um, Man City. So, you know, a lot of us have, have, you know, defenders from those, from those teams or there, you know, some combination of target, you know, Martinez, et cetera. So I, my defense is looking really weak. And one move I was actually considering was, was going Nick Pope to, um, Larice. but you know, if, if Cresswell's out and I, I just can't imagine a hamstring injury, not keeping him up for this weekend, yeah. then I kind of have an open defender spot as, as you may as well. And so I may just end up kind of by default bringing in Reggion, you know, just because I mean, you know, would I really go Rudiger for one week when I could have Reggion for, for two matches. I mean, there's a reasonable chance that he, um, you know, that he's able to do something, uh, in game. I, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, the other issue here, the, the, you know, the other kind of worrisome thing is that in, in 33. So yeah, for one thing, game week 33, um, I would suddenly be in a position where I had five players, right. And I have two men city players and three spurs. Yeah. So I'd have five players going to the next game week, you know, five outfield players. So I would have to like burn four to get to 11 or, or wild card. Um, and I, you know, I mean, the, I'm still holding off on wild carding right now, just because I'm I'm a little worried about, um, you know, when we're going to find out about these fans in the stands, right? And yeah. if they have fans in the stands, it's going to move up. It's going to probably create this this massive, pretty massive, honestly, double game week. Um, <clears throat> and so um, I, I'm sort of I want as much information as possible about that before I, you know, make my moves. But um, I don't know. So. Yeah, uh, Cresswell in general has just been a disaster, right? He he really has. I'll throw another worry at you, Josh, with Spurs is okay. they do have the EFL Cup final between game week 32 and 33. So they play Manchester City on Sunday, April 25th. And that, uh, that Southampton fixture finishing game week 32 
is Wednesday the 21st. Now, the the EFL Cup final is, without a doubt, Spurs' biggest match of the season at this point. And Jose will want to play his best 11. There has got to be, not to sow seeds of of fear, but there's got to be worry about rotation. And if rotation is going to hit the Spurs lineup, it's going to be in that Southampton match, I think, at the end of 32. Oh. Oh, that is just such a awful thing to hear um, as somebody who has Harry Kane, right? And I'm really, I was planning to triple captain him. I mean, I, I guess I, I, it's still, it's I actually have it activated right now. I mean, I can, you know, you can unactivate that. Well, button. he's not, Harry Kane's not going to get rotated. He'll play both matches for sure, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I, I guess they just can't be seen like taking a match off, can they? Like not down, down they're the still fighting like for the Champions League. All of that said, they they have a fighting right. chance to get into the top four. Doesn't look likely at this point. So you know, yeah, you, you if, if you're Jose, yeah. you're balancing that. How do we want to remember this season? The season in which we run, won a major trophy, or the season in which we yeah. failed to, or actually succeeded in making the top four? It's just hilarious. Like what what were they thinking when they when they brought him <laughs> in? Like Daniel Levy, like what? Like, of course, it was always going to yeah. end this way. And like yeah. now, like yeah, Pochettino just uh, like he's about to beat Bayern Munich <laughs> in the Champions League. Or there's a very good chance of doing so. It right. A good chance. It's yeah. like the mightiest club in Europe. But yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, they scored three goals in 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 uh, Germany. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a champion. This is not a Champions League podcast. But like, yeah, I mean, I just it seems it still seems crazy that that you know, it is crazy, that. though. I actually watched some of that match, and particularly in the second half, the Bayern were just battering them for the uh, the entire second half. Like the XG must have been unreal in favor of Bayern Munich. So I'm I'm very curious to see what happens. But yeah, Pochettino, you're right. Like his stock is is continually higher than Jose Mourinho's. But what were Spurs thinking? They were thinking oh, yeah. the exact same thing that Manchester United were thinking. I remember um, Gary Neville being interviewed on the Second Captains podcast and. He was saying, well, you know, when Manchester United hired Jose Mourinho, they knew they were hiring a manager that knew how to win trophies. And it's like this kind of naive, very basic level of thinking within the managerial, um, you know, shell game that that bites these clubs in the ass. Yeah, this like trophy talk, you know, it's like a, it's like, like what? Like, like one of these clubs just rips off a League Cup trophy and suddenly everything's fixed. You know, it's like. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's so strange. Like, like I, realistically, like two clubs can win the Premier League at this point, right? So, like, I don't know what you know. I mean, at, at this like this particular moment in time, anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's just strange. Yeah, Neville went off on VAR, by the way, too. That was, uh, um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, we're not going to talk about VAR in this part. I don't have any questions about it. It's not what I want to discuss at all. But this was probably the single worst weekend for VAR yet. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as just kind of relentless every single match bogged down in horrible VAR controversies. I mean, it was so really unpleasant. I guess you were lucky you were at Rake and Leaves the whole time or whatever, but <laughs> the entire, the I, entire weekend was just every match was dogged with, yeah. you know, several minutes long VAR delays and, and minuscule, like, you know, Joda off, you know, his breath was offside on one play. It was just <laughs> impossible to tell what was happening. I did hear this hilarious interaction between Neville and Martin Tyler where they were talking about VAR and Martin Tyler was like, 
I don't know. I bet I bet young people really like VAR because young people technology is is a huge part of their life, and they're just they're always on their phones and checking email. It was, it was the most old guy boomer what take. Are you talking of all about time. right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like the old person who like just wants an app, you know, he's like, Oh, we should build an app. You know, that, that can't be that hard. Right. Let's just make, let's make an iPhone app. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So yeah, neither of us are that interested in a third city player. Maybe, maybe by default, depending on what happens with Cresswell. I agree with you. Lucas Mora is a, you know, wild card pick. I don't really know that anyone else is even really no. worth discussing. I mean, you know, I mean, okay. Larice too. I think Larice makes sense, especially if you have Pope, it looks like he's going to be, um, you know, there's at least a reasonable chance that he's out uh, this coming weekend. So yeah, I, I think it's really, really tricky. Um, but yeah, that Pope injury, by the way, came out of complete nowhere. I had absolutely no idea that was, I hadn't heard that either. What's the problem with him? I can't remember. <laughs> Some sort of issue. Okay. Uh, it was funny because I, I will. The match started at is a is sh- is a shoulder injury. The match uh-huh. started at seven a.m. Uh, U.S. time. That is very early, Brandon. And I was not going to wake up at seven a.m. for a Burnley match, no. uh, so I woke up at halftime and it was uh it was nil nil, and I was like, hey, off to a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. And then my like the like kind of like little you know that like little part of my brain was like, you just check, just check and make sure that that Pope is actually playing in this match. Go look at the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went, I went Peacock Farrell, like what, mm-hmm. what's happening here? Um, and so, yeah, so I, I found it very satisfying when the, the two Newcastle goals were, were scored later on in that match, just, just to make me feel better about um, not having Pope uh, in that one. So yeah. I, what was my point? Oh yeah. Spurs. So um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like overly down here, but yeah, pass. I mean, I don't know. Like if you're on a wild card, like I don't know, maybe bring in Hoiberg or something like, but I, I think, it, I think just get the two and pass. Cause they're, they're just so unpredictable. It's really hard mm-hmm. to know what you're going to get out of Spurs. So yeah. next question. Uh, and it's weird that we're like giving a double game week, such short, you know, shrift on this podcast, but I just don't really know what else to say. I mean, you know, I think that you could, you know, there's an argument for Captain Son over Kane, just to be a little bit different. Um, I I wouldn't recommend it, you know, but I, I think that that's a <laughs> yeah. is, is not like an, an absolutely insane thing to do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, let's let's move on from Spurs though. The next team I want to talk about is Manchester City. Mm. Lost mm-hmm. at home to Leeds, still running away with the title. Mm-hmm. And my question, I, we have a bunch of different questions about Man City. I'm not going to read them all off. I just, I'm just going to roll them all up together because the whole theme of these questions was, do we trust X? Do we trust Y? Do we trust Z? And do we even want Man City assets? So mm-hmm. what are you thinking now that we just got through a very rotation-heavy weekend? I mean, I think this was a big weekend for that rotation. I think just with that Borussia Dortmund... Uh, return leg on the horizon. We were talking with, I think it was our uh, Patreon supporter, Boston Prof on our locker room conversation on Friday. And he was talking about how Erling Holland was such a handful for Ruben Diaz. And Diaz played heavily uh, over the international break, needed a rest ahead of that Champions League fixture. What we've seen thus far this season is, you know, Diaz doesn't really doesn't get nor need that amount of rotation. So I think I'm feeling kind of good that it came at this point. I think what okay, so just, just I'm not going to go through every player, but in summary, where I am with Manchester City is I 
I'm not terribly fearful of rotation because the players that I'm interested in are really the key components. And they they boil down to Ederson, Diaz, Gundogan, and Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, you know, there is the mm-hmm. discussion of Aguero at the end of the season, maybe worth a cheeky punt in game week 38. Uh, we kind of covered how Jesus is just a press merchant and doesn't really offer anything fantasy-wise. So it's just those four players, Ederson, Diaz, Gundogan, and Kevin De Bruyne. And I think those are probably the best players and the least rotation-prone. So with all of these priorities that City have coming up, the least of which at this point will probably be the Premier League, I still think that we're going to see the most from those players. Who, which team is going to score the more the most goals on their opponents? Um, I don't know. You do wonder if that's going to be Liverpool, um, who, yeah, uh, who have bad defense and they're going to need to win by scoring goals. Whereas Manchester City, they haven't been blowing teams out of the water. So you kind of, can, I'm continuing to gravitate toward that Diaz, Ederson type of situation as opposed to trying to overload on Manchester City attacking assets. Yeah, I mean Diaz in particular. I mean I think you just said it. I mean I you know, uh we that's over now, right? Like that rotation is done. Like what they're going to keep rotating. Oh, okay, for one thing, they're not going to keep rotating Diaz because they didn't play Diaz and they lost 2-1 at home sure. to 10-man Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Right? Whoever like whoever had the Stone brilliant <laughs> The brilliant idea to yeah. say sign Nathan Ake this summer. Who's getting a phone call from Pep um, yeah. on that one? No. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, how like Bournemouth, like their discards, like got scattered across. I mean, Callum Wilson, to his credit, has 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 been great, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Ake. I mean, Ake was so um, you know pointless in that match that he was subbed off in the 55th minute for a you know for a, a, an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, and honestly, I mean, the Gundogan thing is, I, I think, a little you know more worthy of debate because you can find players in that price bracket that are really valuable right i mean you know mm-hmm. it's that's that kind of in the jota price bracket that's in rafinha price bracket um but i i sort of feel a little bit the same way about gundo that i do about about um diaz which is that they kind of got the rotation out of the way i mean at this point gundo has been rotated in two of the last three matches right i mean i, I realize he he did ultimately play in this match but he has basically gotten almost two matches off yeah um and i, I you know i just think that yeah, I mean, for one thing, like, look at the results, right? They just didn't play as well without their top players. Like, I, do, I don't think Pep's going to want to lose out this season, right? Mm-hmm. Just to like, just to, you know, just, just to win um, some of these, these various cups. I think that he's going to. Does it really um, work that way yeah. either? You have to play into form. So, you know, he's right, not going right. to just sit all these players and expect them to suddenly spring into life when they have to go perform at the highest stage. Yeah. No, they're going to have to play into form in these Premier League matches. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you can't just like take, you know, like all these matches off. I mean, there, it's, it just doesn't. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like team form, even if you're, even if those players aren't playing, like the team form can can infect the team a little bit. Right. And yeah, yeah it's it's really interesting. I mean, I, yeah, I agree with you that like the, the actual pool of players that you want is, is pretty small. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne has just been an interesting case all season. I mean, he's just been I mean, honestly, I think he just started the season overpriced. And I think that um I mean, I, I guess not based on last year's returns, but sort of before that, right? I mean, like Kevin De Bruyne is not really a 12 million player, right? He had an incredible season last year. I mean, before that, he was kind of injured the whole time. He had 
two goals and three assists. The year before that, he had eight goals and 18 assists, right? Six and 21 the year before that, seven and 10 the year before that. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're, we're not talking about, we're talking about a very good fantasy asset, but not necessarily one that should be like the most expensive player in the game. And so it makes it really hard yeah, for me he's to... He's never won the golden boot, that boy. Yeah, but I mean, he's, I don't, he's never like, I mean, outside of last season, he's never been like a just runaway FPL points, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, he, okay, I, I don't want to like make it sound like I'm like, Saying that that Kevin DeBarn isn't a great, well, first of all, a of course he's a great player, uh, but b that he's not a great fantasy asset, which which of course he is. But is he you know more valuable than Mo Salah? Right? Is he? He's like a player you never really want to captain, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a weird, that's a weird spot. A twelve million player that you don't really ever want to captain is a weird spot. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just reminding me of of kind of the pivot point. <laughs> of my season this is how crazy this season is josh okay last season what helped make kevin de bruyne such a great fantasy asset it was the fact that he was on pen duty something happened at the start of the season where a at some point kdb got injured but also um his penalty confidence apparently got broken and no one could decide who was going to get pens the fact that i missed that liverpool pen Yes. And and the fact that there was a point in this season where I could say the pivot point was when I thought Ederson was actually going to save my game week by taking taking a PK. Um, so that's that's how wild this season has been. OK. Yeah. Yeah. There was a moment I remember where he there was a penalty after after all the talk. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is actually going to happen. But, but just realistically, I couldn't. Right. Because yeah. like what happens to that ball just ricochets, right? Like, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's too risky. You know, Um, I think that's, that's why it'll never happen. Yeah. yeah, So I think we're both in the same spot. I feel like they got the rotation out of the way. I, I still think it's, you know, you have a bench for a reason, right? Like, and I I just think that, uh, I mean, you know, I think Gundogan in a a way, I was a little surprised he didn't get anything out of that match. I mean, when you, you told me that, you know, okay, Gundogan is an incredible form this season was going to come on in the 55th minute, uh, 11 on 10. Right. Um, I would have expected multiple returns. Right. Like at the very (laughs) least, a return Mm -hmm. Uh, for him to for him to get one point in that match, I think was was pretty surprising. And so, um, yeah, I think it just paints like a really skewed picture. And I I think that especially Diaz, I mean, yeah, Diaz now, I just feel like I I wouldn't be supposed to be started every Premier League game the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that kind of answers all of our city thoughts. Shall we move on to Shiva's question? Shiva wants to know, is there any point? And holding off wild card in a it holding off wild card in a hope that game week 35 to 37 can bring some huge opportunities and advantages over others who don't have any chips. So this is kind of how we kicked off the podcast, talking about the benefits of wild carding now versus waiting for some imagined moment in the coming game weeks where suddenly it will become clear that now is the moment. Two wild card. And yep. I will admit, like up to last week, I kind of I was this is this is always a sign that you're about to have a bummer of a game week. I looked at my team and I was like, I'm I'm golden. I like I love virtually every matchup for my <laughs> players. This is looking yeah. really good. Yeah. So wild carding was so far <laughs> from my mind. And I'm thinking I'm even set up to roll through the blanks in game weeks thirty-two and, and thirty-three. Now, flash forward to um, just two fixtures left to go in game week 31, and I'm like, hmm, well, you know, 
maybe it is time to wildcard. And I think it's, it's what you talk about all the time, Josh, of um, it's, there is, there is, no, it's never too early to wildcard. It, it, at least when you look at the second half of the season, <laughs> it's often too early to wildcard when you begin the season, like game week three, game week four, wildcards rarely pan out in, in the long run. But um, I think there is this trap that a lot of us fall into where you're thinking, well, I'll know more uh, in game weeks 34 or 35 to make my wild card card more valuable. Right. At this point in the season, though, I think we kind of know everything that we will know. The problem that I'm having is what we know about this season is there is a lot of um, chance and, and happenstance involved. And it's it's really hard to predict one week over over the other. So it's like then it becomes more an act of courage to not trigger the wild card, but to select right. the team that goes into the wild card. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think the question about doing it later, let's say like it's in game week 35, right? In 35, one, one potential scenario. Okay. So again, if, if it's very tricky because as, as is always the case, but uh, if they rearrange things so that every club gets one chance to have a match with fans in the stands, which seems very likely England's, Bravo to England. First shots first. Seems like it was a success. Like you guys did it right. COVID cases are, are way down. Uh, congratulations. Uh, so as a result of that, I think there's a very good, like very good chance that this happens. But because there's some midweek matches down the stretch and Champions League, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it sounds like the the way that they would rearrange things would ultimately have a lot of teams play twice in what would be the game week 35. And then you'd have a handful of teams that didn't play in 36 as a result of that. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you could see doubles in 35 for Aston Villa, Brighton, Chelsea, Palace, Everton, Leicester, Man City, Southampton. Right. So a handful of teams and some of those teams would not play in 36 um, mm-hmm. Man City, Leicester, Chelsea, Brighton. This is all thanks to our, our friend Ben Crellin's brilliant chart making. Um, so, you know, if that were to happen, yeah, there is a real advantage in holding off and wild card until game week 35. I really like that if you are in first place in your mini leagues. I think that is a very viable strategy. Yeah. But the other team is going to have, like everyone else in your league, they're going to have players too. And they're mm-hmm. also going to be able to prepare for this at least a little bit. And, you know, even if they don't have a wild card, they're also going to just, just by sheer happenstance, have a lot of double game week players in their squad, right? So mm-hmm. the week that you wild card, you know, the edge that you're going to get is like, Let's say you get like an 18 point edge or something like that. Maybe that's even more than you might expect, but like, you know, you you get some significant edge and that's, that may not be enough for you, right? Because you're just going to run out of game weeks to make up that edge, right? So if if you really need to make up significant ground, you have to wildcard early and, and then, and then just kind of hope that you're able to, to also be well prepared for game week 35. You know, if, if that ends up being this this big double game week. And I just think that you just have to give yourself as many weeks as possible to have a, you know, a unique yeah. kind of wildcard team if you're going to make up ground. So if you're in first place, um, you know, in your mini leagues, then I think it's a, it's a, or a first or second, right? Like near the top and in, in the, in the cash spots, let's say, mm-hmm. um, then, then waiting till later, I think makes a lot of sense. Cause you can really hold people off. You can, you can almost guarantee that you're going to have a good game week that, that week. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of just gives you a little bit of extra protection. Um, but I don't know that I love that strategy if you're chasing. Yeah. It gives me a lot to think about cause I am chasing. Um, but I, th- I think that we, we kind of touched upon it earlier of, uh, like, 
Liverpool just seem like the team. If if you're looking to chase, if you're looking to wild card earlier, that's the team you want to focus on. Yeah, I I know. I wish I, I wish I could bring in Trent. You know, um, I or, or Rabo even. Like I actually thought Robert Robertson had a sneaky good game too. And mm-hmm. you know, Trent got that um, goal at the end, which makes him seem like this you know massive. You know, as like a massive edge of a Robertson. Mm-hmm. The Robertson had an assist in the match and really should have had two, except for that, you know, ludicrous mm-hmm. VAR call, right? That 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 robbed him of an assist. Yeah. So all right, let's 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 do one more uh one more big picture question here, Brandon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like this one. This is uh I think I feel like this is our wheelhouse right here. Okay. Okay. Ahmed Afifi says, should we ignore fixtures and focus more on the psychological part for each player because they have something to play for? So I think what he means here is as we think of we, we, our, our transfers are, are precious and limited down the stretch, right? Especially if you don't, if you don't have a wild card left, or even, mm-hmm. even once you play it, right? There's going to be a few weeks left in the season. So thinking about the, the, the particular motivation of the player that you're bringing in, it requires, um, you know, a bit of, a bit of, uh, I don't know, like uh, confidence that you're able to read the mind of the, of these players. But I, but I think like <laughs> this is um, just <laughs> right. But Jesse Lingard, I think is an example of a, of a player where you're like, okay, yeah, the the XG, he's wildly outperforming it. It's not sustainable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But the the larger context here is that everyone in the Premier League has been playing twice a week, like basically since last June, right? Mm-hmm. Jesse Lingard has been basically on ice while everyone else like <laughs> runs their ass off all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He joins this club and he finally gets a chance to prove himself with fresh legs and, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a much more relaxed schedule by then. And he is also playing for a contract this summer. He has every motivation to play incredibly well. And he's fresher than almost everyone he's playing against. Like yeah. that is just something that you can't measure in, in XG. And I'm not saying that XG is not important, but like there are other factors that we have to think about when we think of these transfers. And that's where, you know, with, with Salah, I think that Salah is a player that we could really consider as well because, you know, I just think that he now has this kind of golden boot motivation going for him, right? And mm-hmm. you know, especially if if um, if Real Madrid knock out Liverpool next week, which seems I don't know, it seems likely. I mean, it wouldn't shock yeah. me if Liverpool kept it, you know, one two nil, but um, it doesn't seem very likely. Um, so if he, uh, you know, if, if all they have left to play for is you know league matches, which they need to win, right? If they're going to get a Champions League spot, and Mo Salah gets a chance to fight for the Golden Boot with Harry Kane, they're even on goals now, right? Like yeah. that. I want players that are they're chasing, you know, for for things like that. I don't. I it actually makes me wonder what other records are out there right now. Like I don't even know who the like assist leader is at the moment. Beyond the records, too, you have to think about the Euros that will be played this summer, and psychologically, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesse Lingard also, it's like he he will sur- surely have an opportunity to go to the Euros now based on his form. But that is what we were talking about with Trent, where this form seems to have been in part motivated by being left out of the England squad, and he he has to keep this vein of form going if he is going to get called up by Southgate. And yep. you know, it's not just England players. There, are, I mean, Benteke. <laughs> it's Benteke trying to play himself into the Belgian squad, um, perhaps. But right. I, I think what's going on this summer with the Euros is another huge psychological factor in how these players might perform in the home stretch. Do you want to guess, by the way, who the assist leader is right now? It's not Aaron Cresswell, is it? Uh, no, he's sixth. Okay. Uh, I gotta he's get six. It. He's six assists behind the leader. 
the the leader in assists is Harry Kane. Harry oh Kane God. has yeah. he is he is two ahead of Bruno and Kevin De Bruyne. He has thirteen assists on the season. How cool would it be if Harry Kane got? Is there is there a thing like a golden like a golden uh, side of the foot or something that you get? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you win the uh, assist trophy. Uh, whatever it is, uh, Harry Kane. So Harry Kane, Bruno, and Kevin De Bruyne are all battling for that. I, I'm not sure what kind of priority they would they would put on that. Maybe nothing. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I they probably do though. I mean, like. I, I, I've, you know, I feel like this like is a thing that often comes up, but like players de- definitely know their stats, right? And yeah. this is like a big thing in the NBA, right? Where players don't want to take, you know, they don't want to take a three point shot as time expires from half court, right? Because it's going to bring down the three point shooting percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is, you know, there's like a real like. So I'm sure all of these guys know where they are in these, you know, in these these tables. Oh yeah, that's like the whole when Harry Kane. Uh, Took his took that goal off of Christian Eriksen, where Harry Kane was like, "I swear on my child's life that it touched my head." You, and the like, the goal accreditation uh, committee had to like give him the goal weeks after it actually happened. Still one of my favorite. Yeah, that was all about his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I clearly so. I mean, that 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 anecdote tells you everything you need to know about the kind of players you want to target down the stretch, right? Yeah, like who's who's chasing glory, and at this point, that's all Spurs have going for them right i mean they do have the leak up you're right i mean like okay let me just ask you this then i mean as someone who does who you've already played your triple caption i have not played mine yeah would the league cup final next week would that dissuade you from triple captain and kane no i don't think so i think the fact that kane is virtual a virtual lock to play both of these games in the in the game week and it's the same reason you and i both captain harry kane in game week 31 manchester united didn't seem like the most spectacular fixture this game week, but Harry Kane is just, he's that guy. He has that mentality. We were just underlining. So if, yep. if there were ever a game week, yeah, this is it. it, it and it, it's like Ahmed's question here about mentality, our discussion about it. The reason why you play that triple captain is just wh- how can you best increase your odds of getting a return? And even though Harry Kane blanks in game week 31, he is still that type of player where I would be feel much better betting money on him getting an FPL return than than any other player this season, I would say, even more than Mo Salah. Speaking of Salah, I'm gonna uh, one final question for this week's podcast, Brandon. I'm gonna combine two: one from George Gabriel, one from Bryn Stewart, and I'm gonna ask you, Brandon. I do not have Salah. I do not have an easy way to bring in Salah, though I could probably do it via Sun eventually. Um, is Bruno? Is it time to consider moving Bruno to Mo Salah? Are we? You and I have been very much in the Bruno forever, like uh, Texas <laughs> yeah. forever. You know, like uh, okay. like Bruno goes nowhere. Bruno, 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 all thirty eight weeks. I, I, I am starting to waver a little bit. I have to admit, we're looking at a lot of blanks recently. You know, it's it's. I'm a, I'm a little more worried about it. I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts on on Bruno at the moment? I mean, a lot of blinks for Bruno. He's just had, well, let's see, in the last six game weeks, he's had three. So three game weeks out of the last six have been blinks. Is that terrible? Yeah, no, four. Four. Is that right? Um, 20, 26. Oh, no, I guess you're right, because he blanked in a double game week. He had two blanks, two blanks and a double. So I guess that doesn't, six matches I, anyway. I caught you on a technicality there, Josh. Um 
But yeah, I mean, he's not been super impressive, and and the stats will show you that when Pogba is on the pitch with Bruno, his Bruno's just FPL um, returns are somewhat muted. So that's and yeah. Pogba, by all accounts, was I still don't one completely of the, get that. Like, do you understand why that would be? Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. It's not like he like pushes him back, right? Like, it's strange. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's just. The fact that it's not all running through Bruno at that point where Pogba is able to get forward with Bruno and the play can then shift from side to side. Perhaps like Bruno seems to benefit from just being the true quarterback and being the only be being the Mark Albrighton where every ball has to go through him at some point. So, um, yeah, but I, I mean, I think if you're yeah. in going back to the earlier theory of if you're chasing, I think, yeah, clearly that's the that is a a move. If I didn't have a wild card right now, so right now I'm sitting at around 250k overall, and my goal would be to break into the top 100. Because I have a wild card, I'm kind of feeling like I can skirt around this because at some point I'll play my wild card and I'll make my my decision at that point. If I had already played my wild card and I didn't have Sal and I had Bruno, then I think that is a for sure a a move I would be strongly considering, especially if you needed a big jump in rank to hit your goal like I'm talking about. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, Lloris made a great save on Bruno today. And if, you know, we, we, it's hard not to be a little results oriented, right? You know, in this pod and, you know, it's or in any pod when you're talking about this stuff. And, um, you know, if he scores, we probably aren't even having this conversation at all. So, I mean, I think that that has to be noted. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it is um, – you can't have everybody, right? Like someone has to get sacrificed. And I mean, this is the other reason I'm kicking myself out for bringing in Vardy is I, I, you know, I'm actually, I may even consider a wild card in game week 30. I might consider a wild card right now, uh, 32, okay. mm-hmm. uh, just to, just to fix some mistakes. Uh, because I, I think it may have to happen. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm at least wow. going to consider it. I really am because, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't, I, I'm trying to figure out why, it does feel like you could wild card right now, prepare yourself for this game week, prepare yourself for game week 33 and even prepare yourself for a game week 35. I don't, I don't see that as, as an impossible thing to do. And it feels like you're juggling a lot of balls, but I think, I think there's like a through line that, that might make sense, you know? So we'll yeah. see. I mean, I mean, I may be like one injury away from doing it. Um, but it's, it's at least something that I would, I would consider. I mean, the problem is, I, I, don't, I don't know how many players I would realistically change. Um, you know, I would, I, I would turn Vardy into Iannaccio, um, I would, but I would keep Jota. I would keep Son. Honestly, I'd keep Bruno, um, mm-hmm. and I'd keep Lingard. And I kind of want to keep Gundogan. Yeah. Right. Like, so yeah. I mean, which player? You know, the only way it even makes sense is to turn Son into 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 Salah. And so I guess that's what I'll have to do. Is I'll have to move Vardy to Iannaccio and turn Son to Salah in game week thirty three. That doesn't seem so hard. It doesn't. And I think that's why even in my position where um, where I want to be a little bit different, uh, figuring out when to play the wild card, it's it's more of the theme of the season of make fantasy fun again. And I'm thinking if there aren't that many changes that I actually want to make that I feel like are necessary to make, how much fun would it be to wild card in game like 37 or 38? And I mean, I don't think we'd advocate for that being like a sound strategy, a mini league winning strategy. Obviously not. But from a fun factor, I think there's a lot to be said for playing it like that, just to 
just to kind of go nuts in the last two game weeks of the season. That's true. 38 might be dangerous because 38 is like the, the classic rotation game week, you know, mm-hmm, where any mm-hmm. like that's just like that's like the I, I think of that as like the Olivier Giroux game week where that's like, you know, mm-hmm. like they finally give him a start. and He gets a hat trick and you're like, wait, no, I just brought in Tammy. Like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> so so we'll see. I, I do like that. That does seem like a very make fantasy fun again approach, though, is just to like just to keep that wild card like right until the very end, you know, yeah. um, so. All right, so a lot, lot to think about. I think um, I think we covered a lot of ground uh, in this this week's podcast, Brian. Yeah, I feel definitely. I'm feeling more prepared about. I, I'm definitely feeling more solid about only having two Spurs players for 32. That was the one thing I really wanted to cover in this podcast was was that double game week question. It's hard to have a double game week without giving it. You have to get, at least give it its you know some some serious thought, you know, uh-huh. and really think through and make sure that it's something you want to do. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I will tell you, I still haven't shaken this um, affinity for Lacazette. I'm actually considering doing Bamford to Lacazette in Game Week 32. Am I crazy? No, I, I don't think you're crazy. Um, although, yeah, because what, what's, what's the deal? He can't. He, oh, he, he actually just got subbed off in a tactical sub, wasn't he? It was clear, really surprising, wasn't it? Yeah. Be, and for somebody who has been watching Leeds the last few weeks as with holding Bamford as something of a of a sword versus a shield um bielsa has not been mm-hmm. happy with bamford at all at all and and justifiably so bamford has looked like crap um his runs have been yeah. poor his control has been poor it's all been bad so yeah i i i want to get rid of bamford a because he's not been performing a up to uh, where I want for a fantasy asset. B, I think he's a rotation concern. Um, so yeah, that that that's the logic there. I just want to bring in somebody a little f- more fresh and exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that I, I mean, I think it makes sense then. Um, oh, Bamford, it's it's hard to let go. You know, ever since I dropped him, I've been sort of um, I, I've watched these Leeds mats so, so nervously. You know, because they're they're just such a such a fun attacking team, and it's just it's. It's it's more fun to watch them when you have Bamford, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I understand what you mean about his like dip in form in the last few weeks, but certainly the first like twenty plus weeks of the season, it was it was great fun to watch sure. uh, mm-hmm. to watch Leeds and an informed Bamford. So, all right, Brandon, that is your podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Good luck in the double game week. Very long and drawn out double game week, but don't forget that it ends on excuse me that it kicks off on Friday. And uh, and then it continues through next Thursday. So get yourself ready, right? Get some get some naps in. Okay, you know, get some <laughs> uh-huh. get some rest, folks. Yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of uh, a lot of matches. Um, all right. Well, thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, once again, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to say thanks for what we do. Um, get access to all the stuff we talked about at the start of the pod. Brandon, do you want to thank our producers, please? Oh, I'd love to. Big thanks to producers Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., to Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Hertzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Given, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson. Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Rom Frosk, and our newest producer patron, AJ. Welcome to the club. 
Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating on all the major pod- podcast pl- platforms and and some of the insignificant podcast platforms. I should mention uh, and follow <laughs> yeah, us. Don't mention them by just don't mention them by name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I see you, Podbean. Um, all right, follow and follow us across social media wherever you get your fine social media. Email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this information and more, you can find us at alwayscheating.com. Thanks for listening. Good luck this weekend. Bye. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.